Hey guys, what's going on? It is Evan here coming back at you for another Left on Red. And uh, before we get into today's episode, because uh, we generally like to keep it uh, lighter, I did feel the need to uh, touch on, uh, you know, uh, something. Well, we're recording on uh, Thursday, uh, February 2nd, so I did want to talk a bit about the um, yeah, another video that came out last week of, uh, you know, more police violence in this country, especially directed at a. Uh, uh, black people and people of color. Um, at this point, I don't even really know what there is to say. Uh, I watched some of the video. Uh, it was um, really too much uh, to, to even... I mean, it was shocking in a way that I, I find uh, very, <laughs> very few things to be shocking and just, you know, a, a complete and utter lack of anything even resembling basic uh, humanity. And, um, you know, I... In this country, I feel like we are subjected, uh, or you know, this country in general is just subjected to a, a, a nonstop, you know, onslaught of unmitigated violence. And sometimes it can, um, you know, sometimes maybe it uh, it fades into something of uh, background noise. But um, uh, you know, I think this this constant stream of police violence uh, in this country is something. I don't know. It, it never never. The, the shock of it really never fades away. And, uh, I, you know, right now it's, you know, you look at the way that this country is going and I, I, it's difficult to see how any of it could ever get any better. Um, you know, it's this huge reaction in this country over the last few years. It's not just, you know, the, the police violence, but, you know, also this really uh, recent, over the last year, um, massive reaction against the LGBTQ community, especially transgendered individuals, um, you know, who are just looking to live their lives like the rest of us, uh, and are, you know, subjected to now this, this right-wing reactionary onslaught, you know, calling them groomers, um, which is, you know, obviously uh, we've had, um, attacks on gay clubs since, uh, you know, gay, gay nightclubs since this, <laughs> the whole, you know, libs of TikTok trend where anybody who is uh, gay or transgendered or in any way, you know, uh, within the LGBT community is somehow grooming children. Um, you know, I think there's a direct line between that kind of stuff and, and you know, the violence against um, LGBT people. And, you know, with this police violence, I don't know, you know, it really felt like a few years ago that maybe there was, I don't know, some kind of moment uh, that was really built on this upswell, especially with the younger generations, uh, for some kind of transformative justice or reform. And naturally, the uh, the, the last administration and the, the party within which that administration was uh, was part of reacted the way that we would expect them to. But, you know, you saw this huge upswell in the ostensible left-wing party in this country uh, to, you know, do something about this. And, you know, ba you know, built upon the backs of, you know, uh, you know, a lot of uh, groups, uh, uh, you know, about transformative justice, societal justice. And not only did we see that that party win, but they, they then actually followed <laughs> the right wing party in reaction. And they went even further to the right on things like uh, police uh you know, the policing in this country, uh, they adopted a lot of the language about how they're more for the police and that they want to give the police even more money and more leeway and more jurisdiction uh, to commit, you know, these heinous crimes, you know. And, and, you know, you even see President Biden after this say that he now has a renewed focus on the George, you know, Justice for George Floyd Act, which is a nothing act, does nothing. Um, it's just there to try to placate uh, people who have been fighting for years, and maybe hoping that, you know, these people are getting tired of the fight. I don't know. But, um, you know, it's just, I, you know, at this point, I don't know what else there is to say other than that, you know, I know I speak for both of us here where our hearts go out to everybody affected by this. Um, and, you know, I hope in our lifetimes that we're able to see some sort of movement towards a change in this happening in this country. But it is tough to see sometimes. But I think all we can do is hold out hope and keep fighting. But um, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to uh, get that out here on the top of the episode.
All right, Cam, how's it going? Uh, good. Um, yeah, this is this feels a little uh, ill-timed now, but we got it, and we have to get our, our, our money for it. So uh, today's episode is brought to you by uh, Dr. Fantastic's penis-flavored cough drops. Uh, they are the only cough drops that are uh, authentically flavored like penis. Uh, and let's see here. They are sugar-free. Nice. And they have the musk that you love in a cough drop. Yeah. All right. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah, we're big fans of all the entire line of Dr. Fantastic's uh, products. Yeah, their stuff's really good. I'm, yeah. I'm sucking on one right now. Yeah. Nice and I day. can confirm, it tastes like the real thing. Yep. Which you are well acquainted to. Yeah, that's how would I know. Yeah. Right, yeah, um, yeah. So, how's it going, everybody? We hope you're well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, so, one other, one other video did come out last week that I also want to talk about, which is the, the Paul Pelosi video. Um, which is, you know, I'm not going to pretend to have an ounce of fucking uh, sympathy for that asshole. Um, you know, uh, among uh, you know, a party to you know, you know his wealth being made, you're really on the backs of. Uh, 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 working people and whatnot, but uh, I, you know, obviously, I don't want the guy to get clubbed in the fucking head with a hammer. And uh, the video came out, and uh, it was basically exactly how it was reported. However, uh, Paul Pelosi had the unfortunate, uh, I guess, unfortunate to to the allegations by the right about this being some sort of lovers quarrel. He was uh, kind of like Jim Leahy status, where he was just getting wasted in his own home without his pants on. Whomst mm-hmm. amongst us hasn't done that? Yeah. I've done it. It's the only way to live. Um, yeah, seriously. You're by yourself in your house, getting your fucking drink on. I don't even drink anymore, and I still spend a good deal of my time at home without pants on. It's it's, yeah. it's not confined you know, to the intoxicated, I think. Yeah. Uh, pants-free living is for everyone. Yeah, seriously. Whether you're like a a, a, a leech scumbag piece of shit or like yeah. somebody who's not Paul Pelosi. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, who's not just like 80-something years old getting wasted and getting DUIs. And it then, was uh, uh yeah and that so okay so i also watched that video and uh i did i didn't well i didn't i didn't even jump in at the start because i just wanted to let you make your statement I, and yeah. heaven's correct he speaks for both of us there's nothing really to add i think you did a nice job um okay. i i didn't watch that video because yeah it's i don't yeah it. i it i is. don't know that i could get no. anything from it but i did watch this video and uh, it's bizarre, man. The, it is. So have you seen, I'm assuming you've seen both the security footage from outside the house and then also the body cam footage? Oh, I only saw the body cam. Well, so they've released both. Um, yeah. And I guess the prosecution was looking to, to, to have these withheld, but they've already made reference in the public hearings yeah. to all of this evidence. So I think the judge overruled that. And so everything came out on last Friday, so almost a week ago. Um, yep. And it's interesting that you see this guy, I forget his name already, but Mr. Ponytail Man. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a backpack on and he he walks right up to like the, the I think what must be the side door to the house. Yeah. Takes his backpack off, pulls out a hammer, and just like totally expressionless just starts just starts beating on the door with the hammer to to break in. Um and then did you hear the nine one one call? No, I didn't hear that either. Oh gosh, okay. So yeah, this whole thing is really bizarre. So so Paul Pelosi calls nine one one, and and the guys there with him, and yeah. there you can hear them both talking, and you know Paul's like the officer's like okay, so what's your name? He's like you know my name's Paul Pelosi, and I'm here with uh, there's a there's a a stranger in my house, and he's he's actually he's keeping it very calm, and you can kind of tell he's like trying yeah. to keep the guy calm, and so he's yeah, not overtly saying like one. yeah, he's not overtly saying like come to my house and shoot this guy he's breaking to my house he's like no yeah. uh, you know and the guy's like and so they're saying like what's the guy's name he's like oh, i don't know what's your name and the guy's like i think it's mike and he's like says it's mike uh but i don't really know mike and they're like okay you do know mike and he's like no i don't know mike yeah. and they're like okay um well is everything okay there and he goes i'm um you know <laughs> and mike you hear mike and go it's everything's okay and he's just like well he's saying everything's okay uh i don't know if everything's okay and they're like okay uh and how do you know him and he's like i don't know him and then in the background you hear the guy go oh, I'm, I'm a friend of theirs i'm a friend of theirs and he Dude, goes well again he's saying he's a friend of ours but uh 
you know, I, I, I'm not sure that I know him. And the dispatcher's just like, okay, so are you fine? And he's like, no. How does he keep it? No- what the fuck? I'm not fine. <laughs> like, And she's just like, and for a while, she's if just not getting it. there's one thing to take away from this phone call, it's that I need somebody here. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's just like, okay, I think I'm making it pretty clear that uh, this needs, you know, so whatever. So then you this, see the yeah. body cam footage. And they're both standing there with their hands on the hammer. And it's like, what's going on in there? And they're both like, oh, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Drop the hammer. And then the guy is just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, you should be able to tell right then in that moment that that dude's a fucking nutcase. Like, yeah, he should have been tased immediately, bro. Like, dr- the drop fuck? the hammer. He's like, nope. <laughs> and then the second <laughs> no he gets three. a chance, he's like, he's just fucking in it. And he, yeah, he goes he, for he him. Clo- yeah, he It's fucking. a vicious hit, too. Yeah, dude. And well, thankfully, you don't see it. And he's like, a big boy. That is a big boy. And yeah. that is a big beef boy hit. Dude. Yeah. He, he like, throws his whole body weight behind it. Yeah. And, um, and later in the video, you can hear Paul Pelosi, like, I don't know if it's snoring because he's not asleep. He's just unconscious. But you can, like, hear his body, like, I, I guess snoring. Like, like he's da- he's out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was fucking hey, crazy. He's got brain damage. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, he's still recovering. I mean, it's been... Yeah, yeah. Um, Which, you know what, I will give him credit, as an 82-year-old man taking that hit and just, like, living? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Well, that's so that's the other thing. So, getting hit in the head is, like, not like in the movies. So, you see in movies all the time, like in a James Bond movie or something, you know, Bond will get, like, clocked on the head and then just, like, wake up hours later and, like, doctor yeah, knows that happens, lair. Yeah, if you lose consciousness from a hit, <laughs> you have sustained brain damage. Like, it's yeah. already happened. It's not a question. Like... And so, the longer you're out, <laughs> the the worse it is. Yeah, the more damage. And it's not is, just yeah. like, uh, oh, he got clocked and he got knocked out and he's fine. Like, no, if you if you get knocked out, like that's that's brain damage. Yeah. You know, when you see a UFC fighter get fucking hit so hard he gets knocked out, brain damage. Like that's yeah. permanent brain damage. And uh, I think people lose sight of that. So like, Paul Pelosi got really fucked up. Yeah, he got hurt but, bad. Like, and you know what, like. He's not going to beat the lover's quarrel allegations after that from the people who already thought that. They're like, the pants off? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, uh, you know, one of those, um, you know, gay hammer parties that well, that's uh, the thing. those gentlemen were having. It's like, like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? That is just a drunk old Jim Leahy fucking getting his fucking drink on at home, no pants. Well, but you keep saying big- Jim Leahy, that doesn't necessarily, like protect him from yeah. the the lover's know, quarrel allegations yeah except that in this randy in this place, came for uh, him randy is not his male prostitute lover but rather a dude trying to kill him with a hammer either way that is a dude who is definitely on the cheeseburgers yeah that oh a, yeah he, that was a yeah, big that, boy that gut is not a man uh is not from a man who's off the cheeseburgers that gut is from a man who is most certainly on the motherfucking cheeseburgers <laughs> yeah absolutely um so yeah. anyway yeah it's a, it's a, it was fucked up it was yeah. he got mauled by that dude, and again to to, to triple reiterate, like fuck Paul Pelosi. It's not yeah, like, like yeah, but like him. you know, <laughs> let's but not like think that it's that okay hand. to just bust into people's houses and hit them yeah. in the head with hammers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Fuck Paul Pelosi, but respect for taking that hit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he. I mean, he took it, and he's yeah, yeah. The fact that he's still kicking, it's pretty crazy. It must be all that adrenochrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, dude, get me a kid stat. He needs like immediately some baby you see Paul spine Pelosi cracked and open. He's, he's just submerged. He's like, like, go to the fridge, go to the fridge. He's the in cops. like a, a Star Wars style, like like uh, back to tank, and he's dude, like no, no, floating no, in pure adrenochrome. It's it's like those pods with the Matrix, but it's just babies in them. And he's like, go go to the fridge, <laughs> grab me one of the baby pods. So uh, yeah, uh, oh yeah, one more time, I also, again, would like to mention that we have a podcast playlist with all of our music, uh, so you can just go to Spotify and search LU Rippers, and uh, we, it should be all in order from when we started using, um, uh, like, interstitial songs and stuff like that, so. Yeah, um, not if, not every song is in the exact order that they appear on the yeah, playlist, but, but they are in episode order, like, in blocks, and they're pretty close, they're pretty, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. pretty close to the order that they're in. Yep, some of them you, are actually things and... we listen to. Some of them aren't. Uh, you know, sometimes for a lark, we like to put put some some bad shit in there. But yeah, um, it, Evans Evans trying to make it seem like he doesn't listen to Incubus, um, but he does. Evans a big Incubus guy. I've seen it. He's got the shirts. He's got the posters. 
So I know what he's getting at. He's like worried that you're gonna see Present it and think that he's Brandon not like a, that. That actually wasn't the one I was talking about. I was talking about the Rome episode where you put intentionally terrible songs in. Yeah, there like are fifty there are Tyson. Some, yeah, there's fifty <laughs> Tyson and uh, yeah, which a was a song I hadn't heard. I think since I was in like yeah. since I was like eighteen he's, or something. He's so icy, dude. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I figure creative control is creative control. It's yep. your episode. You pick the music, and sometimes there's silly shit that just sounds funny in the show. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, but Evan does like Incubus. I actually do, but... Yeah, Incubus <laughs> is fine. Yeah. Yeah, I like the earlier stuff, like Fungus Among Us and shit it's like fine. that. Um, yeah, it's good. Uh, anyway, so, uh, today's episode, we are going to talk about a particular actor and his very spooky father. And no, we're not talking about Nick Kroll. Uh, we are talking about Woody Harrelson. Does Nick Kroll have a spooky dad? Oh, his dad. Oh, he's his dad's like a billionaire who owns like a private investigation firm. Okay, and like most likely why you know Nick Kroll would just like explode on the scene out of nowhere because you know he's got like a billionaire father who people owe favors for. Cool. He's got like not the Pinkertons, but it's kind of like a Pinkerton thing. That's that's neat. I didn't think that yeah. that was like still prevalent and not enough yeah. to make someone a billionaire. But hey, yeah. Well, you know, it's uh pretty intertwined in uh you know government intelligence agencies as well. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, no, we're talking about Woody Harrelson. And uh, I also, I do want to preface, this is like a light episode. Uh, I did not put the research into this episode that I put into most of my episodes. Um, so, you know, we're kind of just like doing like very surface level stuff here. Not, you know, so if anybody has like, you know, more reading or whatever, like some deeper stuff into that, uh, feel free to send it. Uh, and I will certainly read it when I have time at some point. But this was just kind of like one that, you know, threw together about something cool that I was thinking about uh, for a particular reason. Yeah, so so we're gonna talk about Woody Harrelson and specifically his specifically his father, Charles Void Harrelson. Um, so you know, let's begin with Woody. Uh, I'm not sure that I would have ever characterized him as one of my favorite actors, um, but as I began formulating this episode, I uh, I started to realize how many th- of the things he's on, especially lately, uh, that I realized I was a big fan of or have been looking forward to watching. So the real impetus that made me consider doing this episode was the upcoming HBO miniseries uh, White House Plumbers, which stars Woody Harrelson as CIA spook E. Howard Hunt. So in the Oliver Stone film Nixon, uh, Hunt is portrayed by Ed Harris, which we discussed oh, back yeah, in the Margaritas. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. The the pictures of margaritas, yeah, frozen marts, the, uh, too. Smoke not filled. that, not that fucking, not that basic ass shit. These are fucking yeah. frozen margs. Yeah, yeah. In like a smoke filled room as they're planning like the Watergate breaking and yeah. shit. Like they're getting ready to do it while just fucking downing margaritas. Like him, Felix Rodriguez, Frank Sturgis, and shit. Um, Jay Gordon, lady. Uh, so um. It's uh yeah so White House Plumbers is itself a mini series about the Watergate uh, scandal that brought down President Nixon and as we discussed in our Nixon episode, I believe Watergate should be looked at through the lens of the JFK assassination. Uh, Nixon would call the JFK assassination that Bay of Pig things, at least that is the prevailing theory in deep politics, as he said it to CIA Director Richard Helms in one of his uh, famous recorded tapes. Hmm. In this theory, the assassination is seen. It, the assassination is seen in part as a retaliation by former CIA director Alan Dulles on JFK, due to the latter refusing to increase the scope of the Bay of Pigs to a full-scale invasion in order to overthrow Castro. Of course, JFK's stances on ramping down tensions with the Soviet Union and withdrawing from Vietnam would also have aided that. But those are maybe details for a different episode. Now, E. Howard Hunt hasn't come up yet, that I can recall, in my myriad episodes about America's secret government, but we did obviously discuss him in the Nixon episode, and I talked a bit about Nixon's rise to power in my American Utopia series. But basically, Hunt was involved in many of the anti-Castro efforts, and potentially also in the JFK assassination. For the JFK assassination connections, there are some people that believe that Hunt was one of what's called the Three Tramps. Three disheveled-looking men seen around the area of the schoolbook depository that were photographed by several individuals in newspapers while being escorted by police. These three men are at the center of many conspiracy theories about the assassination. I find it funny that Harrelson is playing Hunt, a possible member of the Three Tramps, because his very own father is a candidate to be one of the other Three Tramps. But more on that in a bit. So the man himself, Woody Harrelson, uh, he's something of an eclectic man. Um, He identifies as an anarchist, which I actually didn't realize until I started doing this. Uh, But he seems to fall in one of those weird nebulous zones of anarchism that doesn't appear to be wholly left-wing or right-wing. Although I do believe him to be more left-wing. There are anarchists that are decidedly left-wing, but then there are also anarcho-capitalists. And I'm not sure that that is what Harrelson is. Um... He spoke out against W. Bush in the Iraq War as racist and imperialist. He spoke out against Bill Clinton's sanctions against Iraq. And he compared Obama to Nixon in how Obama spoke about ending the war in Afghanistan, only to ramp it up much like Nixon did in Vietnam. He considers socialist anarchist Howard Zinn to be one of his heroes, and he's also been a longtime vegan. Uh, However, he also seems to hold some weird conspiracy views about COVID, which are generally more common on the right, although they certainly aren't only a right-wing issue yeah there's there's that's one of the weird things about that specifically is that there was that huge blossoming of specifically covid related conspiracy ideology among people that would traditionally be considered left-wing constituent groups like yeah like like nebulously left right 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 and um i i know without naming anybody i like have several people right off the top of my head that i know that are like socially and fiscally extremely left-wing or at least you know liberal who have really bizarre takes on COVID. it's been such a weird polarizing issue for so many people it Um, definitely was something that i think sheepdogged a lot of people into the right yeah oh for sure it did like like people with these nebulous left views were all of a sudden like sheepdogged using conspiracy Mm -hmm. uh like COVID conspiracies into the right and you know like became like pro-trump and shit like that which before like you know it's sort of that, like, Obama to Trump pipeline, you know what I mean? Not that Obama was uh, left-wing and how he uh, ran the country, but, you know, there were a lot of people who were nebulously left, you know, not really politically minded, but left, uh, voted for Obama, and then, like, totally got sheepdogged to, like, Trump and shit like that. Um, But, yeah, so, uh, for instance, uh, he seems to not believe in germ theory, uh, which is, uh, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of a yeah. book sort of closed on that, that bad boy. You know what? If there's know, one thing maybe, that I maybe think he's the last... into humorism. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if uh, there's one thing that the past few years have taught me, at least, it's that like the yeah. book's not really closed on anything. Uh, yeah, book's fucking wide open, boys. The, the books, the book is. Hey, books might not even be real. Like it's yeah. <laughs> people are people are questioning just about everything. Um, yeah. And so, hey, fuck it, germ theory. Like, 
Oh, out the fucking window. Out the fucking window. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, let's relitigate. I don't believe in gravity. I think that there there are tiny little men on the bottoms of our feet that yeah. uh, grip the earth and uh which is also covered in tiny men. So it's just like yeah. a bunch of hand holding uh, between tiny men. Yeah. You know? That's what I, I, I mean like that's just what I believe. Men. And I would like to meet those men. And you can on DMT. Um but yeah, so he doesn't believe in germ theory, and uh, he was also speaking out against the wearing of masks to prevent the spread of COVID as recently as last spring. And it's like, dude, like, I, I am fucking still amazed that there are people that even even still have the fucking, like, the energy <laughs> to argue about, like, the mask thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, like I don't know. Like, it obviously helps prevent spread, but, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, the people have, have found a way to uh, really... Really show some fortitude with some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that to say that Woody Harrelson is a pretty strange man with a mixed bag of beliefs, uh, largely including a real skepticism of government and large power structures. And that is a totally normal belief, I believe, in this country, although generally speaking, you see a lot of that type of thinking more on the right with libertarianism than on the left. Um, I, myself, am an avowed communist, uh, so I absolutely do not agree that there should be no government or state entities. I do, however, agree with uh, Woody Harrelson and that the government of the United States is in no way, shape, or form to be trusted. Uh, I'm guessing that is pretty well apparent 70-some-odd episodes into this podcast. However, looking at things like Harrelson's upcoming role in White House Plumbers, along with some of uh, some other recent roles of his, namely last year's class satire film Triangle of Sadness, uh, season one of True Detective, mm-hmm. uh, 2007's Coen Brothers masterpiece, No Country for Old Men, and 2016's LBJ. I didn't watch LBJ. It was supposed to be pretty bad, but mm-hmm. I do think it's funny that he played LBJ. Uh, it seems like Woody Harrelson has a propensity to appear in some works with parapolitical undercurrents in them. And I found that interesting when looking into his background. And namely, I mean, looking at who his father is. So I guess before we get into those movies, we should take a decent look at Woody Harrelson's upbringing and his rather interesting father. Woodrow Tracy Harrelson uh, was born in Midland, Texas in 1961 to his secretary mother, Diane, and literal mafia hitman and bank robber, Charles Void Harrelson. In a weird synchronicity that will reverberate later, Woody's mother, Diane's full name was Diane Lou Oswald. Uh, But uh, he was raised largely without the help of his father and has two brothers, Brett and Jordan. Uh, He was not wealthy growing up uh, as he was in a working-class home with his mother having to support the family on her wages. In 1968, Woody's father Charles would disappear from the family's home. Now, Woody and his family eventually moved to Ohio, where he graduated high school in 1979, the same year his father killed a federal judge, uh, John H. Wood Jr. The slang would see Charles Void Harrelson catch a life sentence in prison, and it was with this, uh, his sentencing in 1981 that Woody finally heard about his father again for the first time in like 13 years. Mm. Between 68 and 81, Woody knew nothing of his father or his father's life. Um, Alright, so according to a People magazine article from 1988... Charles V. Harrelson, a previously convicted hitman, became an important figure for his son only seven years ago. When Woodrow Tracy Harrelson was seven in 1968, his father vanished from their home in Houston, leaving his wife, Diane, now 51, to support Woody and his two brothers on her pay as, oddly, a legal secretary. In 1981, when Woody was a junior at Indiana's Hanover College, his father dramatically resurfaced. He was charged and eventually convicted in the shooting of John H. Wood Jr., a federal judge in San Antonio, whom he allegedly killed in a drug-related matter. Although the dealer who was accused of hiring him was acquitted on a retrial, Harrison got life. Woody closely followed the trial of his father, whose birthday he shares, and the papers, and calls the conviction a travesty. He believes his father was a victim of prejudicial pre-trial publicity and points out that the trial judge was one of the murdered man's pallbearers. Woody denies that his anger over the proceedings stems from filial affection. Quote, I don't feel he was much of a father, he says with a man he knew mainly through infrequent letters. He took no valid part in my upbringing. upbringing. Yet since Charles Harrelson's imprisonment, father and son have grown closer. Woody visits the prison once a year, and in 1987, when Charles got married by proxy uh, <clears throat> to a woman he had known on the outside, his son stood in for him. This might sound odd to say about a convicted felon, Woody says, but my father is one of the most articulate, well-read, charming people I've ever known. 
Still, I'm just now gauging whether he merits my loyalty or friendship. <clears throat> so, we will get back to Woody in a bit, but for now I would like to turn my attention towards his father, Charles Void Harrelson. <clears throat> so, who is Charles Void Harrelson? Well, as I said before, he is a convicted hitman and bank robber, like some John Dillinger shit. <clears throat> Charles claims that he was involved in dozens of murders during the 60s and 70s. Mm. In 1970, Charles Harrelson was tried for the 1968 murder of Alan Harry Berg, but he was acquitted by a jury in Angleton, Texas. In 1974, he was convicted in the July 1968, business was good that year apparently, killing of grain dealer Sam DeGalia, or DeGalia Jr. on contract for $2,000. His first trial ended in a deadlocked jury, but he was retried and found guilty. For the murder, Charles Harrelson was sentenced to 15 years in prison, but released for good behavior after five years. Not too bad for a hitman. The one that got Charles Harrelson put away for good was the 1979 slaying of U.S. District Judge John H. Wood Jr., the first killing of a federal judge in the 20th century, uh, outside his home in San Antonio, Texas. My man was a busy contract killer in Texas. <clears throat> Mm. Uh, what got his ass caught was being high out of his mind on cocaine and just firing at imaginary FBI agents. <laughs> While in custody, <clears throat> an anonymous tip and recorded phone conversation got him popped for the crime as a payment by a drug smuggler named Jimmy Chagra. Charles Harrison would spend the rest of his life in prison, and he died in 2007. But... And the crazy thing is that during his six-hour standoff with police, while he yacked out of his mind, Charles made some pretty crazy claims. Uh, he claimed that he had, in fact, killed Judge Wood and President John Fitzgerald Kennedy. He would later claim that the statements were made in an effort to elongate his life while he was high on coke, but Joseph Chagra, brother to Jimmy, said that Harrelson had bragged before about shooting Kennedy and even had drawn maps to where he was hiding during the assassination. Uh, so I haven't read this book, but uh, I, I did uh, find like little uh, excerpts online. Uh, j uh, just as a brief aside, basically all my sources for this episode are just like various interviews and articles and snippets that I found online. Um, I won't list them all. But uh, in the book Crossfire by Jim Mars, uh, which apparently is one of the books that was um, uh, Oliver Stone used... Uh, as a source for his uh, 1991 film JFK, which we talk about uh, in an earlier episode. I don't remember the number, 60-something or something like that. 41. Episode okay. 41 wow, in November 41. of 2021. So over a year ago. Yep. Yeah, so episode 41, we talk about JFK. Um. So uh, uh, in the book Crossfire by Jim Mars, he discusses the claims of uh, uh, Charles Harrelson. During the JFK assassination, there were three men photographed in newspapers referred to as the Three Tramps. Uh, now, these guys are, um, I mean, they, they're like a huge part of the, the conspiracy around what happened in Dilly Plaza that day. There are like dozens of pictures of these dudes being escorted by cops. Um, now, they were seen around the school book depository and have found themselves the targets of much research and speculation about the assassination over the years. So, Charles Harrison does bear, at least in some of the pictures, some resemblance to the youngest of the three tramps, who is speculated to be like mid-20s to early 30s, which Charles would have been 25 during the assassination. Um, and in fact, Charles would often be coy about talking about the assassination. Uh, you know, he would constantly drop hints about it whenever asked, and would talk about how when he got out, he would open up about it, or, you know, blow open the, you know, uh, November 22nd, 1963. Um, now, of course, the man was a mafia-connected hitman in, uh, you know, which basically every one of these assholes likes to claim to be the one that killed Kennedy and or Hoffa, you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, mafia hitmen love to, uh, take credit for any, any big assassination of mm. the uh, 20th century. Uh, so, you know, grain of salt. Um, <laughs> but there is at least some evidence, well, much more than a grain of salt, fucking entire shaker, but still there is at least some evidence, uh, circumstantial, but some, that Charles may have been at Dealey Plaza that day. Uh, Jim Mars also claims that Charles Harrelson was connected to Jack Ruby, 
a nightclub owner and assassin of Lee Harvey Oswald, who himself was a mafia-connected nightclub owner, him, uh, him being Jack Ruby, uh, through Russell Douglas Matthews, a mafia go-between that is traced to both men. And as I said earlier, Charles is a fucking pretty prolific hitman in Texas with mafia connections, and so I'm sure he would also be involved in New Orleans and Dallas. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, I guess, you know, I would suggest the listener, uh, for Cam to make it easier, I, uh, I put a picture of Charles Harrelson looks, in 1960. so much like him. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so I, I suggest you, the listener, look that up if you're able to right now. Don't do it if you're driving. Uh, and then here's, uh, <laughs> yeah, or do, I mean, we're not cops, like. Yeah, true, yeah, fuck it, dude. Yeah, we're not narcs. Um. But then uh, another picture I put of the three tramps. I think the one people say that he's might be is the one in the middle. Um, I'm not sure, though. He doesn't really look like any of them in that picture. Uh, then for Cam, I put another picture right here. So both these three tramps. Um, and then here's another one, which I think... Looks like him more in this picture for Cam, the you know the guy standing, the taller one, uh, towards the right of that picture. I think it kind of looks like it could be Charles Harrelson. Um, it's tough to tell though, you know. Obviously, yeah. with the sixty-three, the one that the <clears throat> one that's like in the background in the black jacket. Yeah, who's kind of has uh, got like a little pompadour a little kinda bit. thing. Yeah, yeah, that could be him. Yeah, it is really hard to tell. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, tough to tell. And the hairline the, looks different, but that could also just be. But Woody also lost his hair pretty young too. So, well, but this guy's like the like parts of it are further forward. That's the thing. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. yeah so, so well, it's I think, to be I think it's because I think his hair is like fall uh, fell forward. Right. Like it's like longer on top. Um. But anyway, uh, yeah. So these three tramps are in a ton of pictures that were taken that day. Like a yeah. ton, 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 ton. Uh, and if you search them on Google Images, I recommend trying to look at pictures of Charles and see if one of them looks like it might be him. Uh, so, as I as I was just saying to Cam, there's a younger, taller fellow in the middle of a lot of them that might be Charles. I think that's the one that they say. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, there are other tramp theories. Like, this, this is a, a deep well that people like to keep going back to uh, about the three tramps. Mm. Um, now, personally, if the police are leading men undercover, this is you know, me saying this, are leading men undercover as tramps around Dealey Plaza on the day of the assassination. And if you, like me, buy into the theory that JFK was assassinated by members of his own government, most especially the uh, the CIA under the direction of fired and disgraced DCI Alan Dulles, I would imagine that it would be easier to get guys undercover and escorted by police if they were actual members of the CIA posing as, oh, I don't know, Secret Service guards. Uh, Plain clothes, Secret Service, and police security are obviously at every event. Uh, in the case of the Secret Service at presidential events. So I think it more likely that these gentlemen uh, were maybe CIA agents making sure things went smoothly. Mm-hmm. And the tramps also share much more resemblance to men such as E. Howard Hunt, who Woody Harrelson is playing in White House Plumbers, uh, Frank Sturgis, which one of them looks fucking just like Frank Sturgis, uh, and uh, this man, Dan Carswell. So uh, while researching this episode, I came across some of them jfk archives document uh that the government released it was um uh, some ancillary document released by the government that just lists people uh whose names come up in investigations about the assassination and there's one which it's believed to be an alias dan carswell but the people that believe are dan carswell which i'm not sure who dan carswell is supposed to be but there are, there are pictures of a CIA agent under the alias Dan Carswell, and that also looks a lot like one. I think it's uh, this guy in the front, that shorter guy mm-hmm. in this picture right here. Yeah. That shorter guy looks, I think, is supposed to be Dan Carswell, and he looks a lot like him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I now saw some... Like the same guy that's in the picture above. Is that the same guy that's in the picture above? Yeah, the guy in the front, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, this guy right here, Yes. Yeah, and then he's in the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah he's, he's this in all one three, and he's yeah this he's one. in all three of them yeah, yeah I think that's might be Dan <clears throat> Carswell and then the guy behind the taller fella it looks like Frank Sturgis I believe mm-hmm. um but anyway uh, 
I saw some stuff that he allegedly was spotted at the Grassy Knoll, too, or that, like, some CIA agent was... Uh, somebody who turned out to be a CIA agent was stopped by police at the Grassy Knoll, where, yeah. obviously, people heard, like, gunshots. Everybody knows about the Grassy Knoll. Uh, it's the only knoll on Earth that people know about. <laughs> um, the only time that word's even used. Uh, but I'm not sure on those details. But all, but I would imagine all three are probably CIA undercover. Um, and it's very funny, because then E. Howard Hunt... Uh, and Frank Sturgis would go on to be involved in the Watergate scandal as literally two of the burglars. <laughs> Along with like Felix Rodriguez and uh, I forget some of the others. But, um, yeah. Tramp. What you call me? Tramp. You, you don't wear continental clothes or Stetson hats. But I tell you one doggone thing. It makes me feel good to know one thing. I know I'm a liar. Anyways, um, what to make of all this? I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, I have no conclusion for that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's just sort of like, big if true. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, yeah, I don't know, man. I, th- I just think it's an awesome story. But can you imagine uh, if fucking Woody Harrelson's dad killed JFK? If he was like the kill shot from the grassy <laughs> knoll, bro. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, it's bananas. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Fucking, uh, but, you know, it would be insane if, uh, if any of this mm-hmm. were true. Yeah. But, like, uh, much of what happened at Dealey Plaza that day, I think the best we'll ever get is to just try to make, uh, as best of connections as we can. And let that research do the talking. <laughs> we will likely never know the true story. Yeah. Uh, I did, I did find the Diane Lou Oswald being her name. Also, like, a funny bit of synchronicity, which, like, I can imagine, like, some like re- like really like fucked up person who <laughs> was like deep into conspiracy, being like thinking that that was like oh they're fucking they're telling us right right here that right. he's the one who killed Kennedy. Oh my god! <laughs> like it's just like a hysterical synchronicity. Yeah, it's yeah. Diane Lou Oswald, Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, uh, for the rest of the episode, I kind of just wanted to uh, talk about uh, you know some of these roles that I mentioned earlier. You because know, this is a shorter episode. Got got to fill some time to give you guys your your due. So um, so Kim. Uh, I, you've seen True Detective season one, right? Many times. Yeah, it's one yeah, of my favorite. I, I'm not a big TV guy, but I've seen yeah. True Detective season one many times. Yeah, I rewatched it again this year, probably like the sixth time or something like that. I feel like I need to do that. I was I was recommending it to somebody recently, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's like the I, in my opinion, at least it's my favorite season of TV ever. Like, like no matter how many times I watch it, if I start episode one, I am binging that fucking shit in two days. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you know, obviously for True Detective season one, I would go on to get. I would, I would be willing to guess that like ninety five percent plus of the people who listen to the show have watched that season of True Detective. Yeah. Um. Obviously, that is a a highly a uh, highly pilled show. Where Woody Harrelson, you know, he plays a, a Louisiana, uh, was he state police? I think. Yeah. Uh. It's it's yeah. They're like Louisiana. I think they're Louisiana state police. Not. Yeah. Like, you, not know the how, Louisiana you know how Bureau Georgia has, like, GBI? They, yeah, so they, does Tennessee, I believe. Yeah. But it, mi- it might be that, here. though. Like, I don't... There's something. They're, they're like, they're, they're, yeah. they're murder cops. Yeah. Yeah, murder police. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously in that one, you know, they... they in the, uh, at least the first uh, two seasons of True Detective, I have to rewatch season three. But at least the first two is, you know, really about um, this intersection of violence uh state power state authority and like you know i mean it's a very pilled show about the way that these like like organized crime of violence and uh and you know state governments or really just the government in general all uh, come together as a sort of this like one nebulous (laughs) sort of organized crime ring yeah yeah, and then it's also like deeply linked with the occult and yeah, yeah sex least, trafficking yeah. and yeah, and yeah this is sexual all like blackmail. Pre, all pre, I mean, this show came out in what twenty fourteen? Fourteen, yeah. Um, definitely like pre QAnon and all that stuff. But it's funny, like I feel like if this show came out now, everyone would just assume that uh, what's his name who wrote it was like just Nick totally Pizzolatto. Nick, yeah. yeah. Uh, well i mean dude like straight up like you know watch and obviously like watching it again this year like you see shit like um like the spiral like logos and shit like that that they put into it is like an actual like pedophile like logo really ones that they use uh, like to like all right probably not anymore but yeah it's like a uh sort of like this like spiral triangle that like kind of like goes towards the middle um but yeah there's also the line of like uh one of my favorite lines ever which is um uh, from uh, Matthew McConaughey, he says that he, uh, I felt like I was mainlining the secret truth of the universe. Dude, he's got so <laughs> many insane lines in that that show. Dude, yeah, I can smell the psychosphere. <laughs> I call him the tax man. Yeah, because he always carried this big ledger with him. Yeah, dude, that all movie that was dick swagger you show, you can't se- you can't smell crazy pussy. <laughs> You are the Michael, Michael Jordan of being yeah. a son of a bitch. Yeah, Dude, yeah. What? A, just a fantastically written. Uh, yeah, it's like perfect. Yeah, yeah. And so then it's funny to see. I mean, there are things to enjoy about the other two seasons. I don't think I even finished season three, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. But it's so vastly different. Yeah. And better. Well, yeah. So like, yeah. Season two is like if you like rewatching season two. I did that also this year. Um, it was the first time I watched it since the first time I watched it and it's like super convoluted, but it's very much the same themes. It's just there. It's like, there's more, whereas season one is like, you know, like sexual blackmail. It's super on the nose in a lot of ways. Yeah. Season one. I mean, it, you don't yeah. get a lot of it until the last like two episodes, but yeah. when it's, when eventually things are kind of revealed, it's like, it's pretty on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Especially it's, especially with like Jeffrey Epstein and all that shit coming out, yeah. it hits a lot harder, but then season two is a, about a lot more like the way that like business, local government, and organized crime all intersect. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and also protect these like sexual blackmail organizations and stuff from season one. Like they're very complementary seasons. Like it, it, you know when you go back through them. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, so you took that role. There's also No Country for Old Men, which his role is only like <laughs> 15, 20 minutes. And yeah, that. I was gonna say I, I, he doesn't. I mean, I know he was in it. Yeah, he well, has that big what? ten he, gallon hat. Yeah, he plays a hitman in it, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, a hitman in Texas. 
um, but who works for some weird shady company. Like, it's not at all explained. It's one of the things I like about it. But, you know, I, even, like, I remember he says to, uh, it's Stephen Brute who plays the guy who's the head of whatever criminal organization that's masquerading, like, kind of hiding in plain sight within, like, legitimate organizations. Woody Halson says, you know, it's funny. When I was outside, I counted the floors in this building from the floor up. And Stephen Root's like, okay. He's like, no, there's one missing. Uh, when I came inside, I realized that there was one missing. And Stephen Root just goes, we'll look into it. <laughs> the, the the implication being that the floor that they're on discussing these uh, illegal operations is that missing floor. Right. Um, but, you know, and that that's one also, again, you know, you see some of the intersections of crime and government uh and that one and then a uh, triangle of sadness which uh, uh i don't think you've seen right no i don't even know what that is yeah triangle of sadness uh you know with the recent span of movies that have come out that are um you know about uh you know kind of supposed to be sort of cathartic releases of you know those in the um you know working class or whatever against mm-hmm. the upper class it's a movie about like hyper rich exploitation of others I'm you at know it right now yeah, it's an awesome movie. I really, really liked it. Woody Harrelson in it plays an alcoholic communist uh, uh, yacht captain, like like sort of like a yacht cruise captain okay. for the ultra rich, and he's American, and he has this foil on the ship, which is this like belligerent, obnoxious Russian capitalist, and they get into this like long argument about like Marxism and shit. Like it's just right in the movie, and um. But uh, Woody Howson, his role is only in that for like maybe a half an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. It's a pretty long movie. Hmm. But it's a great role in it. And yeah, he he's, you know, gets into like Marxist theory and shit like that in it while arguing belligerently drunk with, uh, you know, with this like old Russian capitalist fucking pig. And uh, I don't know, I, I absolutely love that part of uh, of the movie. And I highly recommend seeing it. But uh, And then again, yeah, also him playing LBJ, which is supposed to, I looked it up a little bit. I'll maybe watch it this weekend. But in the LBJ one, it's supposed to be like right after the assassination. Yeah. And about LBJ's like, uh, you know, being pushed into power and sort of like his power struggle with, you know, the people that uh, just killed his predecessor. Right. Um, But uh, anyway, yeah, I just thought, uh, you know, looking at roles like that, that he, he plays uh, with sort of this uh, this lens about, you know, his father and maybe, like, what his father was involved in. Uh, I think it just uh, sort of adds, adds kind of adds to it. And you can then he was in White Man Can't Jump, uh, Zombieland. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Yeah. Another Oliver Stone flick. He's been in a ton of shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I was looking up his filmography. I was like, God damn. He's, like, much more of a prolific actor than I even realized. He played Woody on Cheers. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> yep. Which actually, if you haven't seen the show Cheers, that's that's such a good show. I mean, I've seen like episodes when I was a kid, and my parents watched it, but that's it. No, it's 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 so funny. Yeah, I mean, friend of friend of the show Pat loves Frasier, but yeah, Frasier's Frasier's hysterical. Yeah, he's always Frasier's about a Frasier. great show. Yeah, and it's it's I mean a lot of the same um, writers and stuff. It's mm-hmm. different different vibe, but um, yeah, Frasier's a great show. Yep. Cheers, also a great show. Yeah, anyway, yeah, short one for today, but. I think it was great. I think that it's yep. one of the, it's exactly the type of shit that people want to hear. They want yep. speculation. They yeah. want facts. They don't want dates. They yeah. want to think, hey, man, maybe Woody Harrelson's dad shot JFK. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, maybe if Woody Harrelson's dad, along with George H.W. Bush, were uh, behind the grassy knoll just fucking. Now, if this episode, if this episode, just fucking, maybe they were back yeah, there. Just yeah, fucking. just fucking and sucking. <laughs> if this, watch this episode get like a hundred downloads in Australia. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I'll be I, so mad. Yeah, so. Uh, I got a bone guess, to pick with you. For you the fucks. listeners. So I, I, I was dubious about the, the idea mm-hmm. that uh, doing an episode targeted towards a country would uh, aid in downloads to that country. I didn't think it would get zero in that country, which it's gotten like basically zero, but. Uh, everybody else loved the shit out of it. Yeah, so. it's been a very popular episode, except in Australia. So it's not like, I, how do I complain? How do I complain? I'm yeah, glad that it's like, getting listened to. Like, they probably, I guess, all of the Australians have heard enough about Summerton Man. Yeah, maybe they're just, maybe they're, maybe my plan backfired. Maybe they're yeah. just, they're, they're, uh, 
they're weary of it. They've rolled their eyes like these fucking assholes. Yeah, what do they even know? And you guys Pandering didn't even get to hear fucks. my shitty accent. I do a the best shitty accent. Yeah, I, I did. Times. I got. I actually. I got some uh, from one of our longtime listeners, which is a buddy of mine from Roundy. He's been listening since day one. He he gave us some feedback. He loved your, your accent. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I got a lot of good feedback on it too, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, and I say good you- heavily in air quotes, but. People enjoy. Yeah, it. yeah, good in the sense that he laughed. Yeah, it got <laughs> a lot. It, it was, was enjoyed. Good. I don't know yeah. that it was accurate, but <laughs> yeah, but it, it achieved the desired effect. I yeah, don't want anyone to, to get the. You, which <laughs> get is the, to make our beautiful listeners laugh. Yeah. Our big beautiful listeners. Uh, I'm working on another project too, listeners. Can yeah. I tell them about my project? No. You yes. don't think so? No, you can't. I don't think it needs it. to be tease secret. It, yeah, I'm gonna tease it. So. And I don't know exactly how we're going to implement or roll this out, but it, production of it is underway uh, for what I'm tentatively calling uh, uh, LU Public Domain Theater. Uh, so I'm, I've always wanted to record something like an audiobook, uh, but also kind of, you know, with our usual sort of commentary and, and silliness kind of worked in. Uh, and of course, the one way to actually have that be feasible is to use public domain works of fiction. Um, yeah. I can't just be reading Stephen King novels on air; I would be sued. Uh, yes, that's very different from like us stealing music, which nobody gives a shit about because we're not famous. No, but, we're also not making money, so it's not really stealing. Yeah, that's fair use. Fair enough. So, that being said, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the book The Eye of Argon. But uh, give it a quick Google. And uh, I'm working on uh, a full, quote-unquote, audiobook production of that to be released on our feed. Now, how that will be implemented is remains to be seen. I'm not 100% sure how long it's going to be. But uh, yeah. it uh, may lead to something that down the road is part of a premium subscriber content type deal. Um yep. Uh, you know, we'll see how that goes, but uh, you will hear more about that coming soon. We've also been discussing, as part of that, uh, potentially uh, some sort of a Shakespeare production uh, with yeah. ourselves and some friends, if we can make that happen. Because mm-hmm. we're Shakespeare fans. Our dads are Shakespeare fans. Our dads are big fucking Shakespeare fans. Our dads fans. like Shakespeare. And there's yeah. a lot of Shakespeare, I feel like, is pretty LU adjacent. Now, I love all yeah. of it. It's not like I'm only into the stuff that's sort of loosely based in history, but I feel like there's room there yeah. for uh, us to do kind of some crossover episodes. Julius yeah, Caesar, I mean, Titus Andronicus, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, ever since I was a, a little kid, because my dad loves uh, Macbeth, mm-hmm. and he would read it to me, like the the part with the witches, Yeah, because he thought this was one of the greatest insults ever, and that is very much something that he handed down to me, is the achrointy witch the Rumpfed Runyon cries, mm-hmm. <laughs> which Rumpfed Runyon is forever in my lexicon of insults. Yeah, it's it, you said it so many times. Yes, <laughs> I've heard it's you so say good. That so the many fuck times. is a Runyon, dude? Yeah, well, that's one of the beauties <laughs> of Shakespeare. Rumpfed Runyon, dude. There's a, such a really fun combination of like archaic words and then just yeah. totally made up words. I mean, he was he was so prolific and he made so much shit up just out yeah. of thin air because it yeah, fit bullshitting. So. Yeah. So yeah, so that's underway. Uh, I I spent a couple hours today uh, reading through that. I've never read the book Eye of Argon, and it is fucking hysterical. So yeah. uh, I think when it's done, and I've managed to weasel some sound effects and stuff in there, uh, you guys yeah. will enjoy it. But no, you know that'll probably be a month or so down the road. So yeah, down the road. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else that you wanted to discuss? I mean, we're rounding out about an hour here. Yeah, yeah. Once we throw in music, it should be about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's about it. Uh, I guess I'll once again plug the, uh, the the playlist. So if you would like to listen to our music that we put on here. Not our music, but the music that we put onto our podcast. Yeah, be very careful. We don't make it. Yeah, we do not. We do and not. And we only have express permission incubus. to use a very small amount <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've basically gotten permission from exactly one person to use his myriad projects yeah. uh, ad infinitum. But um, uh, other than that, uh, we're thieves. But uh, 
So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, if you hear something that you like, uh, unless there yeah, are yeah. a few examples of things that are not available, it's a Spotify playlist. So yeah. if it's not available on Spotify, it's not on the playlist. Or if the version that I used on the show is not available, there may be an alternate version, if it's appropriate. Yeah. Uh, I noticed Evan had added a version of Cortez the Killer that didn't even contain Neil Young. So that I just took oh, off. Did I add that? Yeah, because Neil Young's <laughs> music's not on Spotify. Yeah. Um, so that's that, yeah. yeah. I just took it off because fuck it. I don't need to hear somebody else play it. But in our last episode, you might have heard uh, uh, what is that band? That Australian band, uh, King Gizzard. No, I already did that bit. No, uh, the Angels. Uh, their their hit song. Am I ever going to see your face again? Uh, on the playlist, you'll just see that it's the original recorded version. Now that's not the exciting version because obviously, famously in Australia, when they play that song live. And they say, am I ever going to see your face again? Everybody in the crowd goes, like, fuck no, get fucked, fuck off. <laughs> and and uh, that's the part, that's, that's the version that's in the episode. So, nice. Um, yeah, anyway, you will find 99% of our songs on the playlist. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. So anyway, yeah, uh, please uh, continue to uh, tell people about us. We spread by word of mouth. Um, <laughs> um so uh yeah do that um uh, you know rate and review us on apple uh you can rate us on spotify and uh yeah i don't know i think that's about it so you got anything else to add no i certainly do not uh but i do i do hope that someday some light is shed onto onto woody harrelson's dad is it charles harrison Charles Void Harrison. Charles, yeah. and his middle name is Void. Now it's not spelled V O I D. Yeah, it's still, not not like Void Void. Still, it's, it's, he voided people for a living. Yeah, no, it's a yeah, it's a Void, a very uh, mid-century spelling of Void. Yeah, yeah, which is a very mid-century name. Very mid-century. It's no, Mick George Bundy, but it is a mid-century name. <laughs> yeah, or Omar Bradley. Yeah. Uh, All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, anyway I think that's so. What he's dad killed Kennedy. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> It was an early morning yesterday I was up before the dawn And I really have enjoyed my stay But I must be moving on Like a king without a castle Like a queen without a throne I'm an early morning lover And I must be moving on What you say is the undisputed truth. But I have to have things my own way to keep me in my youth. Like a ship without an anchor, like a slave without a chain. Just a thought of those sweet ladies as they out through my veins. And I will go on shining, shining like brand new. I'll never look behind me
Thank you.